You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good evening, hello, thank you for listening. This is episode 80 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. My name is Charlotte Greenway and it's Friday the 26th of May. We'll come to this weekend's action from Britain and Ireland shortly. But first, the BHA this week set out their new fixture strategy, which includes a pilot to trial, limiting racing on a Saturday between 2 and 4, twilight racing on Sunday evenings, the removal of 300 jumps races and the redistribution of some of the summer flat races to the autumn and winter. There's been backlash from the industry since the announcement, particularly around the introduction of Sunday evening racing, which Tom Stanley and Lydia Hislop covered on this morning's podcast. But as for the limitation on the number of fixtures to run between 2pm and 4pm on a Saturday, here's Rishi Passad explaining more. So on a Saturday afternoon, for example, between the hours of 2 and 4, which they see as key in terms of attracting new fans to the sport, of holding ITV's uh, coverage, terrestrial coverage. Uh, They are going to put on two uh, top-class race meetings and one core fixture or non-premier meeting uh, at the same time. So the maximum between two and four will be three race meetings, two of the very highest quality, and one that will be described as a non-premier or core meeting. So you still have a fair bit of racing going on in that two to four spell, but at least the top-class racing will be given the room to breathe and take its place uh, at, at, at the top of British racing. We've got the first classics of the Irish flat season this weekend from the Curra. The 2,000 and 1,000 guineas run on Saturday and Sunday respectively. Two fairly hot favourites for each race and it's not hard to see why. Royal Scotsman finished third in the 2000 Guineas at Newmarket when it all appeared to go wrong for him, and so you'd expect him to turn the tables with the second horse that day, High Royal. He's trained by the father and son combination of Paul and Oliver Cole, and Nick asked Oliver just how unlucky Royal Scotsman was at Newmarket. Well, I think I think he was drawn on the wrong side, for starters, and having come out the stalls i think there was a slight interference with little big bears and apparently we clipped heels and then he pulled that lit him up and then we pulled for four furlongs he got taken back and then had to catch up a load of lengths at the end and to do that was pretty special in my opinion um i think you know on a, on a level playing field if he settles and everything I think he's um i think he's a very very good horse and arguably taking nothing away from the winner um you know it'd be nice to meet him again one day but obviously we've got the hurdle of the Irish Guineas and he goes there in great form but um, you know we're just hoping for the best really and you will get a pretty good idea because the runner up High Royal who was just in front of you in the Guineas opposes you opposes you once again I'm, I'm suggesting that you're you're going to be reasonably respectful of, of him given how well he ran at Newmarket yeah he ran a great race didn't he he ran a great race but uh yeah, looking forward to taking him on, and um, we, obviously we, we we have a lot of respect for him, but we we also think a lot of our horse. Uh, you've switched the jockey up. Jamie Spencer takes over from from Jim Crowley at the at the weekend. What's the thinking behind that? 
Well, I think Jim's busy with his commitments with Shabwell and um, J- um, Jamie's written a lot for Miss um, Fitri Hay and um, he's probably the perfect fit. Really, he's got great. He's got great hands. Hopefully, he'll be able to sort of settle the horse and uh, do, do his magic. And I think he'll suit the horse perfectly. And then rolling on to Royal Ascot, if all goes well. Yeah, okay. If all goes well, rolling on to Royal Ascot, but obviously we've got a big, we've got a massive hill to climb before then. I mean, was there a sense though that you just felt you needed to strike while the iron was hot? Because I mean, you could have left him off for for, for Ascot, and but you decided to sort of roll up and put the supplementary fee in for this. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's any, there's not many guineas, are there? So we'd like another shot at a, a classic, really, and that's exactly why we're going. We're going to. Um, Ireland to see if we can win a classic with him. I think, you know, he's got stallion credentials. He's very well bred. He's a very, very good looking horse. His mother was very good. And obviously the father's very good. So, you know, for his future, it's very important we get a big one in. Aidan O'Brien's chief hope in the 2000 Guineas looks to be Paddington, who won a listed race over a mile on his last start, but he does also saddle three others. Another trainer with more than one representative in there is Jesse Harrington, and although both Quashamar and Bull Discovery are big prices, they're still unexposed, and Kate Harrington discussed their chances with Nick earlier in the week. Yeah, Quarshamar, he's a really nice horse. Um, of course, we went to Dundalk um, to get good ground with him and then we had him entered up in a few trials, but the ground was too soft, so we, we knew he wouldn't go on that. And the good to firm going that we're going to have for the weekend um, is going to really play into his strengths. And he's had a couple of race course gallops. He's been completely prepared for the day. So it's fingers and toes and everything crossed for him. And uh, Bold Discovery has had a, a few more starts. We we slightly know where where we are with him. Do you do you think he can step forward significantly from that rather disappointing run last time? Yeah, the disappointing run at the Curr the last day. There was an excuse. He scoped dirty afterwards, and we were left a bit scratching our heads. And we actually did an allergy test on him, and we found that he had a few allergies. I think we've um, knocked them on the head now with some um, medication that he's had. Um, over to help him with them and he's really come to hand um, in the last week. He had a race course gallop at Leopardstown last week. He's going to do his final breeze actually here now this morning um, but he's Aideen who rides him every day is really really happy with him and thinks he said yesterday he felt the best he's felt all year so I think we're getting him there in the right direction too. Now there aren't many maidens who win classics but Eternal Silence wouldn't be a massive shock in the Irish 1000 guineas. You ran her in the in the Moyglay last year and she finished third behind uh, Tahira and Meditate and she was running on all, all the way. Has she has she improved through the through the winter? Has she improved enough do you think to to make up some of the ground? Yes, and this filly, like she's 16-2, 16-3 and she was that as a two-year-old last year and um, she ran a mighty race on ground she didn't like in the Moyglay and um, like her, a bit like um, Quora Shamar, we've been entered her up in a few maidens and we haven't run her because the ground has been on the soft side um, but she has strengthened up unbelievably, some of her work at home has been exceptional and um, you know, she is going to have to make a massive step forward but uh, I think Aiden's broken a few, was it Together Forever she broke her maiden in the Oaks so uh, you know, just follow in Aiden's footsteps, try to break a maiden with a classic I remember Snurge breaking his maiden in the ledger, but that is going back a long, long time. I'm sure. I'm sure Aiden's done it with a, with a few down the years. I, I mean, she's by Warfront out of a street cry mare, so I can understand why you want to try and keep her away from soft ground. 
Yes, exactly. Um, keeping her away from soft ground is definitely key to her. And uh, she's done, like um, Quar Shamar, she's done a few race course gallops as well. And um, we got her on a real bit of good ground. The last day she was on grass and she was absolutely, we were really, really happy with her. I actually think it was Forever Together that broke her maiden in the, was it the Epson Oaks? Good. Might be corrected. Yes, and as mentioned in that conversation, Eternal Silence will be taking on hot favourite Tahira, trained by Dermot Weld, who finished second in the Newmarket equivalent, while Meditate, who was over 10 lengths behind her that day, will be looking to mount a stronger challenge on Sunday. And even though she's the choice of Ryan Moore, it's not unusual for Aidan O'Brien to win these classics with his second string. And so the twice-raced Jackie O could be in with a chance. She runs in the colours of Triamor Stud and both her starts have come on heavy ground, so you'd expect the daughter of Galileo to improve from a much sounder surface. Another fascinating contest at the Curra on Sunday comes in the Group 1 Tassels Gold Cup, where Group 1 winners Vidani, Baybridge and Luxembourg all look set to take each other on. On home soil this weekend, the feature action comes from Haydock Park with a brace of Group 2 sprints. Carl Burke has runners in both the Sandy Lane over six furlongs and the Temple Stakes over five. And Tom Stanley spoke to him this morning about whether it was a difficult decision choosing which horse for which race. No, no, Carl Case is very much a six stroke seven furlong horse and, and dramatises very much a five furlong filly. So that no, they, they were never going to take each other on. Marshman was a potential for the Sandy Lane, but we decided to go to York there last week with him. Um, Two of them are in great form. Very, very happy with now with the with their condition. Cole Case definitely has a step forward fitness wise for his run in the Group Three at uh, Ascot. The ground, he, he would definitely prefer a little bit more juice in the ground. But it sounds as though I'm going to hate up myself today. So it sounds as though they're, they're they've watered well, and I'm sure it'd be fine. But a stiffer track, a, a stiffer test would probably suit him better. But you know, he's, he's, he's ready to run and um, Sandy Lane is a lovely race if we can win it. Or, you know, hopefully um, he'll run and put up a big show. He's in great form. Um, and dramatised, obviously, you know, she was she was pretty pretty smart and sharp and early last year. Do you believe she retains all the all the speed and ability? Yeah, I think so. I think so. She's um, she's much more relaxed at home than she was last year. She was very much uh, like sitting on a stick of dynamite, Dan, uh, Danny used to say, you know, as a two-year-old. Um, her trip to, to California, oh, sorry, to, to America last year, to, to Kentucky, um, she grew up a lot mentally and she's brought that home with her. She's a lot more, she's still, you know, you still have to watch her and she still can be revved up very easily, but she's definitely grown up mentally and physically. She looks a stronger filly again. Her work's been good, but we haven't, um, you know, this is very much a prep run for Ascot. And, and we're very much sort of gearing her up for a sort of mid-end of season to you know, race back to back to Breeders' Cup in California. You know, that's her main target and probably the Nunthorpe. So whatever she does tomorrow, she'll improve on, but I'll be disappointed if she doesn't show us plenty of ability. Okay, and that's King Stand, is it, Ascot? King Stand, yeah. she's only in the King Stand right. at Ascot. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a very tough race. She'll want to run very well tomorrow to warrant going there, but um, as I say, I, I'd be um, I'd be disappointed if she doesn't show us a lot of uh, a, a lot of talent again tomorrow. Whether it's good enough to win first time out, I I, I don't know, but um, we will see. We'll give it a go. 
Taking on Dramatised in the Temple Stakes is Royal Acclaim, who looked a potential star in a listed contest at York last summer before suffering a couple of defeats. Her trainer James Tate had a call with Nick this week and clearly still believes this filly could propel herself right to the top of the sprinting division this season. Well, obviously those last two runs at the end of last year when she didn't win have, have tempered us slightly, but... Um... Over the winter, the optimism has uh, has come to the surface again. She's uh, she, she she she's in good form. She's gleaming. She's fresh and well. And um, we're hopeful she can uh, can can make a seasonal debut in style. And and when you look back on that Nunthorpe run, because she was favourite off the back of so little experience, people think, well, she only finished six. Um, actually, it wasn't really a bad run at all. No, no. I mean, we were drawn on the far side, which was the place to be earlier in the meeting. But l- later in the meeting, you know, it, it got a bit churned up. And, uh, and, and as you say, you know, she, she, she ran respectably. And even in France, you know, on softer ground than ideal, probably further away from the rail than ideal, she ran well against, I think, horses that were all placed in the lobby on the next start. So, um, yeah, her, her last two runs weren't sensational, but they certainly weren't bad. Is there any reason to think that, that she can have improved, that she can actually post a higher level of form this time round? Well, I think there's every reason to hope that because she's only run five times. And as you know, with these sprinters, they well, there tend to be two types of sprinter, that very early, early maturing, you know, two-year-old sprinter. Um, and, and then these slightly later maturing, you know, bigger, stronger types, which hopefully she's in, in that category. Um, you know, you saw with the likes of Highfield Princess, last year how how they can improve with racing with age and she's just turned four she's only run five times so it's it's not uh, unrealistic to hope that the best might be yet yet to come i mean you've had some seriously fast horses some seriously talented horses as well the invincible armies and the far above would you be able to relate her talent to them yeah i mean certainly at home yeah her talent is is right up there so i suppose it, it, it now comes down to you know can she put it all together together in a in a race over one minute and get everything just 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 perfect and a pure flying five do you think for the rest of the season well we wondered after those last two starts whether she might get six um although her i think all, all of her dam's progeny seems to be slightly better over five although her dam ran five and six um so but yeah i mean my, my gut was after she won that listed race at york that she was just five but we, we certainly won't rule out six for later in the year some great racing to look forward to this weekend, and in particular that Tatsell's Gold Cup looks a fascinating contest. Obviously, Desert Crown was beat on his return on Thursday night, and we're possibly just looking for a horse to step forward and present himself as the top of that mana quarter, mana half division, and maybe one of those three could be. As usual, Nick will be back with the podcast on Monday morning. Thank you very much for listening. Have a lovely weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.